Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to my kitchen table. And today I just, I want us to sit together and talk about something that to me is maybe the very underpinning of the reason why I have this podcast, the reason why I write, the time that I have spent for years sitting with mamas across tables. This is the truth that set me free as a mom. I'm still learning it 22 years later, but oh my goodness, if you were to ask me one question, what is the one thing that you believe holds your motherhood together? It would be this concept. I want to talk to you today and answer a question that I get asked so much, which kind of is that question. What is the one thing that holds your motherhood together? But most people don't ask it that way. Um, Most people look into my life and, and they observe what they see, which goodness knows, if you only look on my Instagram, you're going to think we're like just this family that is just kumbaya. So let me be very clear. I will pop that bubble very quickly. We are not at all, at all. Perfect. (laughs) Not even close. Nowhere near. And, And instead, though, I want to answer the question that I often get, which is, how do you do this thing of motherhood? I am struggling. And when I look at you, it seems like you're not. And I then usually the next question that I get mm, has something to do with you must be, and then they paint attributes. You must be organized. You must be patient. You must love children. You must, you know, fill in the blank. That's the must. And therefore what is inside of that question is the unsaid statement that that woman says, which is, and I'm not those things. And then behind that is the belief system that says, and because I'm not those things and I look in on your life and it seems like your life is clicking and I believe you must be those things and I'm not those things, therefore I am a failure or I am not as worth it, worthy, valuable, whatever. And I want you to know, first of all, that I absolutely struggle with all those same thoughts. Every day, if I look on Instagram and look at anybody else's feed, I'm going to have those thoughts. If I look at Facebook and hear what people are doing in their life, I'm going to have those thoughts. If I look sideways at my friend at church or in the car line picking up from school and I look quickly at their lives, 
I'm probably also going to have those thoughts that, oh my goodness, I am not measuring up to whatever this unseen but very present standard is. So I want you to understand, I believe it is universal. And that the, the concept that I believe is universal, I actually want to tell you a story about real quickly. So we homeschool and we read a lot of classical literature. So if you do not and you've never consider yourself in a two minute Bethany Kimsey history lesson where I'm going to tell you a literature story from ancient Greek history. So here we go. So there was a king, King Dionysus, and he basically was the ruler of all the Grecian world at that time. He was very, very wealthy, um, very powerful. Uh, he was very greedy. He enjoyed all the wealth and privilege and power that he had and all that. And somebody who served him in his court was a man named Damocles. And Damocles every day came in and served the king whatever he wanted, watched with the power with which he wielded in his world and changed the world even with his army and all the things that he did. And Damocles said one day, what I wouldn't give to be you. And Dionysius quickly looked at him and Damocles then amended his statement. He said, I mean, just for one day, I just, I just want to see what it would be like to be so powerful, so wealthy, to have everything I could ever imagine would be wonderful to have. So Dionysius said, then tomorrow will be your day. You can do it. Come, come back in tomorrow and plan to be me for the day. Damocles couldn't believe it. So he walks into the throne room the next day. And sure enough, Dionysius has a robe for him to put on, puts his crown on his head, tells everybody else, all the other, all the other courtiers in the court, anything he wants, it is his for the taking. Feasting begins, music begins, all the amazing things are for Damocles. He has swung wide the door into the dream world that he thought would be so wonderful. And he's looking around from his seat on the throne and he is in awe of the beauty. And then the next thing he realizes is that right above his head, he sees something glittering. So he looks up expecting to see something beautiful, but instead of something beautiful, what is above his head is hanging a very sharp, very long, crazy, scary sword. And it's not only hanging there, it is only hanging there. Cicero told us, Cicero is the one who wrote it. Cicero says it was only hanging by a horsehair. This sword seemed ready to fall at any moment, and it would clearly slice Damocles straight in two. And in an instant, his outlook changed. All of a sudden, everything that was so glittering was as scary and horrific and not where he wanted to be because of one thing hanging above his head, threatening it all. You know, and I believe I know that I can testify for myself that in my motherhood, when I took my first little guy home, I distinctly remember Troy and I, he, we got home and my parents, you know, my mom was there and his mom was there and we settled in for a a couple of days and, um, 
And then one day, Troy looked at me and, you know, I'd probably been home about five or six or seven days and I hadn't left the house. And he looked at me and he said, we need to, you need to come with me. We're going to go pick up food and you can drive with me. And, you know, the thought of leaving my little guy was just overwhelming. I, I just couldn't fathom it. And yet my husband was wise and he said, no, come on, you can come. You need to get out of the house. You need to go. And so we get in the car to go and I am telling y'all it, and I'm going to date myself here. And also y'all are going to know that I don't play video games, but it, I will never forget feeling when we were driving on these roads. I I felt like I was playing Frogger. I was pretty sure that we were going to get hit at every moment. I could just see every moment of doom where my child was going to be left an orphan because we were going to die. My husband was driving erratically, which, which he wasn't. It was all me. I was just nervous. I was sure everybody was being careless. I just, it was too much. It was, I just was already owning a part of motherhood in a way I probably shouldn't. And yet, because of it, it was laced with fear and doom and anxiety. I mean, I just needed to get home. I just needed to hold my little guy. But, you know, often in motherhood, we walk around with the sword of Damocles hanging over our head. We have this feeling That whatever our next move is, the next choice that we may have to do, it could disrupt what is going on right now. It could impact us negatively. It might change the dynamics in the relationship with our child. It might impact the path this child is going on. We might select the wrong method of discipline. We might select the wrong school. We might select the wrong way to teach them to go to sleep or teach them to potty. We all the different options we have and all the different opinions out there have become almost a space where anxiety begins to breed and we become overwhelmed and we fear and we believe that all of this, our performance is critical. And I want you to know something. I want you to know that we're going to talk about how the gospel totally will transform your motherhood and set you free from the bondage of fear and doubt. And no, you're not going to become a perfect mom overnight. You're not going to become a perfect mom. I mean, I haven't become a perfect mom in 22 years. If you ask any of my kids, they're going to give you a list that is proof that I am sinful and fallible and, you know, not anywhere close to perfect. But I will tell you that my hope rests not on me. And I have a vision for where I'm going. And I have truth that I know that I rest all of my actions on. And I have some place to pivot my eyesight when it when things get really crazy so that is the truth of what we're going to talk about you and i are grace-filled warriors we are not people mamas 
who stand under the doom of a sword about to fall. Jesus has invited you and me to walk with him in a relationship that allows us to, from the beginning of our walk with him, walk triumphantly. How do I know this? I know this because 2 Corinthians 2 has become a verse or a space for me to which all of this begins to hang, to apply. And let me read it really quickly, and then we're going to go from there. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word. But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. I want to propose that you need to understand that you are not, if if you understand that Jesus, let me say, start this way. If you understand that Jesus Christ died for you, for all the places that you mess up, all the ways that you're impatient, rude, snappy, selfish, apathetic, anxious, depressed, all those places, Jesus died for them to set you free, to change you, to, so that you may be in relationship with him, have friendship with him, become more like him, to bring him glory. That is the ultimate goal of our lives, is to bring glory to God. And when we understand that, when we understand this hinge of the gospel, that grace came down and his name is Jesus, and he died for us before we ever did a thing to earn it or deserve it, then what I want to propose to you is that oftentimes when we enter into this amazing land of motherhood and we believe all of this about Jesus and and we've been walking in it maybe already, then what we unfortunately often do is we say we are a mom and we are a Christian. And so they run almost on parallel tracks. And our Christianity bleeds into our motherhood. And because we're going to talk about Jesus with our kids and we're going to, we want them to know Jesus. And so we, we do certain things, but they run parallel. And what I want to propose to you is what Jesus invites you into for him, for you to fully understand and allow the gospel to transform your motherhood. You need to understand that your motherhood sits fully inside of the gospel. They are not parallel. Your motherhood sits inside of everything about the gospel and it cannot function without understanding the gospel. So the first part of that is the fact that somebody rescued you from the sword and his name is Jesus. And he took his mighty sword and he sliced that horse hair and that sword fell down on the ground with a clatter. You are no longer under the bondage of performance. You are no longer, nothing that you do is weighed against you because you have been redeemed and set free as a mama. And so now you have a new identity. 
And that identity is that you are a grace-filled warrior. You have been invited to step onto the battlefield of life, given the equipment you need, the armor you need, the weaponry you need, and the power you need, which is what we're going to explore over the next few weeks. So you have been fully equipped to be this warrior. And not only are you a warrior, but you're a grace-filled warrior because grace has spilled all over you in Jesus Christ. So Jesus has leaned into you, has set you free, has sought you before you ever knew anything about him. And he knew every misstep you would take, even in motherhood. And he loved you all the more. And he has spilled out on you his grace that it may seep out of you as you receive it onto the lives of your children and change the way you mother your children. But then once we become and we begin to understand, oh, okay, so I am set apart. I am different. I have been called by name. I have been redeemed. God declares you are mine. And God says, and I have done this for his glory, is what he says. He declares. And God says, I have done this for my glory. I have done this so that this woman's life will reflect who I am, will bring glory to my name. And so for you and me, the next concept that begins to birth out of a change of my identity, understanding I'm not under a performance mandate. I'm not left alone. I'm fully equipped for the battle that lies ahead. I have been invited to follow one who is fully victorious in this, and he is triumphantly leading me every step of the way. And I have been called by name. And that's when, when Paul says you are commissioned by God, you have been called by name and called into where you stand right now. You know, there is no one better for your child than you. And God knew that. So he knows that you surrender to him, walking with him becomes the best recipe for your child. And then the next part of this is that we begin to understand the vision that God has. That the glory do his name is going to come out of our lives. It's going to come out of our children's lives. And we get to speak in Christ to our children, as it says in the scripture. And what I mean by that, if you spend any time on my Instagram page, if you hang out with me in person, we're going to explore it here in great detail. But I just want you to know today, I believe that it is time for a generation of mamas to understand you are the hope givers to your children. You are the vision caster. It is you, mama. You are the one who gets to speak into their ear every day. Not the hope of performance, not the hope of achievement, not the hope of beauty, not the hope of being memorable or being known or being liked. 
None of that. Those are hopes that will die. We have experienced them. I don't think there's probably one of us that would ever agree that that is a good hope to put my hope in. But Jesus is our hope. And we get to point to Jesus every minute of every day with our kids in big ways and in small ways. In the micro moments when we're just, you know, on our hands and knees with a two-year-old admiring a beetle who's crawling across the, the walkway. It's a moment to point to the creator. And in the macro moments, those faces of pain, heartache, hurt, hard with our kids as they grow. Those places that we say, I don't have any answers for you, but I know the one who does. And I know that we can get on our knees and we can become fierce in prayer and we can pray and we can stand on the truth in his word. And he has hope for you and you have hope for all eternity. And it is only in Jesus. And I know your heart is breaking and I know you feel all the things, but there is one who stands for you and his name is Jesus. And when we begin to offer that hope, and when we begin to cast a vision for who Jesus is, then when our kids get, grow old and the things of this earth do not satisfy them and they cannot find hope in all those other places, they do remember what you have held out as hope and as peace and as vision. And it is your privilege and it is my privilege to walk that way. And that is being a warrior in really hard spaces. And then finally, you and I, as a grace-filled warrior, we get to walk with other warriors. You know, and we're going to explore this further, but it is so important that we are in community with one another. And in the last year and a half, community has really been a struggle. And instead of community, it's almost like that sword of what is and what could happen and overwhelm and too much and too many decisions to make and everything being carried on our backs has become only sharper because we have forgotten that there's one who took that sword down and he instead invited us to walk behind him in victory. And then he says, now go and walk with your fellow warriors, put your arms around each other, link arms on this battlefield and stand firmly together as you walk this next generation to me. And you know, that's our privilege. That's what we get to do. We get to be the arm lifters for one another. And then we walk in thanksgiving. You know, when we begin to walk in a place where joy is what we recognize. And, you know, joy is actually seeing God's grace at work. That's what makes you joyful. Joyfulness and happiness are different definitions, and we'll talk about it later. But for today, to understand that when you walk in Thanksgiving, you are you are walking in this parade, this triumphal procession, as Second Corinthians calls it. It is a parade of rejoicing because of the grace that has happened, which is Jesus. 
you know, Paul talks about this triumphal procession and it was a parade and they would walk down the middle of the road and everybody would be hooting and hollering and yelling and the general would be in the front. And I'm sure that, oh, I got the giggles all of a sudden because I could just hear Timothy, my five-year-old going, here comes the general. Y'all don't want to hear me sing, but he sings Hamilton all the time. And, but anyway, that would happen in a triumphal procession and Jesus Christ leads us. And he is mighty and he is victorious and it is done. And you and I get to walk in thanksgiving. We get to be at peace in our soul. We get to have this abounding joy that is not rocked by the hard moments. It's not ruined by when it feels like our lives are falling apart. And I can testify and I will in coming weeks of our places of bitterness and pain and hard But I can promise you this, the grace of God has undergirded me and made me more warrior-like in the spaces where it has been the hardest for me to walk. So what I want you to hear today is we're going to explore what it means to be a grace-filled warrior. It radically changed my motherhood. It made me so different than I was when I was driving in that car 22 years ago, afraid I was going to get flattened by some car. And instead, it has purposed me to greet my days. Doesn't make me perfect. More days I mess up than not. Many days I still struggle with anxiety and worry and overwhelm. Definitely this last year has been a really good testing ground of that. But God is faithful and he wants to transform your motherhood so that instead of you being a Christian, who's also a mom, you are a mom because you are saved and rooted in the grace of the gospel. I have this manifesto that I've written, which honestly, it's just these points we're going to explore over the next four weeks. I put it together on a sheet of paper that's kind of pretty and you can put it on your bathroom mirror. I only think and do that because that's what I do. I have stuff on my bathroom mirror and stuff in my closet because I get dressed in there and I often will go in there honestly to hide if like there's a moment where I just need to get away from my kids and like reset myself with the Lord. I've got to have truth there. So I have this written on a piece of paper. I would love for you to have it as a download, just if you wanted to put it on your mirror or in your closet or your Bible, if you put it in your Bible or wherever you would put something to help you remember God's truth. Y'all, we have to remember his truth because these days are just stinking hard. But he has called you and me to be grace-filled warriors. It's not a time to shrink. It's not a time to be scared. It's a time to begin to learn what it means to walk in the truth of the gospel. So you can download this manifesto. It's on my website. I think it'll be linked up in this podcast show notes. You can grab it either place. And I look forward to sitting at this table next week as we begin to explore what does it really mean all the different parts of being a grace-filled warrior?
I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.